my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where we talk about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing right before our very eyes as we go from a world of centralization to decentralization. And we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And of course, that technology is Bitcoin, the decentralized technology that is changing the world. And of course, you know, each and every week I try to bring to you a different perspective. I try to bring to you, you know, some stories, some narratives, some ways to look at stories differently. So you can start to expand your mind, expand your thinking and start to look at things differently. I want to bring to you some of the latest breaking news so you can see this happening in real time. And that's what I have for you today. I have some really big news this week. My job gets easier and easier because there is so much going on in the world that you need to be aware of. And the reason why you need to be aware of it is because we're always looking for confirmation of where we're going. So if I gave you directions how to get to my house, I might say, um, you know, uh, drive down the highway till you see this sign and then uh, go down until you see this blue fence and then make a left and then at the mailbox, make a right. And so, and I would say, eventually you're going to get to this location, get to my house or get to wherever. And so as you're driving, you're constantly looking at the signs to make sure you're continuing to go the right way. And you're also um, looking to see if, um, you know, if you're getting closer. And so we have these uh, ideas of where the world is going and we're looking for either confirma confirmation that we are going that way or we're going somewhere different. It's very similar to how the intelligence agencies like the FBI would look at threats. And so they might say, you know, here's three or four potential threats for this event. Um, you know, there could be a bombing, there could be a shooting, there could be a, you know, whatever, right? So there's, there's different threats for these, for these, for this event. If this was going to happen, then this, 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 and this would have to happen. But if this thing was going to happen, then it would be this, this, and this. Now they, because they don't know exactly, they don't have a crystal ball. And so what they're going to do then is they're going to sit back and they're going to watch. And as they start to see these certain events happening, they start to show them which direction that we're going, which potential outcome would be reached. And so if we are going into a decentralized world, like I believe we are, I believe that's what history shows us or we're not, we want to know, are we going that direction? So we look for these signposts and we can see them everywhere. They're all over the place. One of the signposts that I see all over is the world seemingly breaking down before our very eyes. If you've read the book, um, Atlas Shrugged, um, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, I'd highly recommend it. Ayn Rand wrote it. Um, it's a big book. It's highly worth to read. It talks about how uh, as government gets big, it gets oppressive. It starts to restrict uh, the free markets, which create all the um, 
all the development and technologies. And as it continues to restrict them, you get less and less entrepreneurs participating in the society. They start um, going and creating their own society and that society breaks down. And of course, so we can see this all over the place uh, and there's signs to show this. Now, there's a couple of things that I saw, one of which is um, cyber pandemics. Now, is this a sign that society is breaking down because entrepreneurs aren't participating? Or is this a sign that we're at the end of a empire where basically the best way to get ahead is to steal and manipulate? Or is it maybe intentionally being done in a way to get us to act on something? Well, I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is that these things are happening. And it's very coincidental that at the very same time, the World Economic Forum is meeting, talking about the risks that we face because more cyber, we're going to face a cyber pandemic. So cyber attacks are going to happen so big and so frequently, they're going to become so bad, there's going to be a pandemic, a cyber pandemic. And so since this is going to happen, and because it's going to be so bad, then we need to do something about it now. And what would that thing be? Oh, yeah, you and I, we should give up more of our freedoms. What freedom should we give up? Well, we need to give up any of our freedoms that would allow us to use the internet anonymously. So they want it to be like China. In China, you have to be verified before you can use the internet. Being able to use the internet anonymously puts everybody in danger. And you don't have the right to put others in danger. Don't be so selfish. Who cares about your own personal privacy? Think about the greater good. You staying private puts me in danger and you don't have that right. I'm being sarcastic. I'm not really being sarcastic. That's what they say. I don't agree. Or maybe I do agree. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that the greater good is doing less harm. So for the couple of percent of people that want to potentially hurt things, that's bad. I don't want terrorism, but at risk of putting 98% of the population through hassle, trouble, and even more danger, I don't think it's worth that. And so what am I talking about? So they, what they propose is that everybody has to put an ID in, they have to be verified before they can use the web. That way, if you say mean things they don't like or approve, they know who you are. But they believe if you give up your privacy, then they can control that. Now, there's the carrot approach, which is how do we incentivize people to do that? And then there's the stick approach. How can we force them to do that? We've been seeing them talk about this ramp up of cyber attacks. And yet all of a sudden, here they are. I saw this week, we saw Yum Brands says that nearly 300 restaurants in the UK were impacted due to a cyber attack. Yum Brands said late on Wednesday, a ransomware attack or impacted certain information technology systems of the company, which led to the closure of nearly 300 restaurants in the UK for a day. It's a big deal. Now, uh, a side note, funny coincidental, Yum Brand owns Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. They didn't specify which restaurants were impacted. I just think it's funny. It's Pizza Hut. Um, if you don't understand the relevance of that, in 1994, the very first purchase of the internet was done. And it was at Pizza Hut. In, I think, 2009 or two, 2009, I think the first purchase with Bitcoin was done and it was for pizza. <laughs> and now we have the cyber attacks being done at pizza joints. Uh, something about pizza and hackers and computer nerds, I guess. I'm not sure if you know about that. Let me, leave me a comment. Let me know. But it says that KFC said there was no evidence 
uh, customer databases were stolen, even though data was taken from the company's network. And so this seems to be ramping up. Now, some of these um, ransomware attackers asked to be paid in Bitcoin. So they might have you believe that it's Bitcoin's fault. Never mind the fact that they've been doing these long before Bitcoin were around. Uh, more of these have been paid off in dollars than have ever been paid in Bitcoin. But they may tell you it's been uh, Bitcoin's fault. But I, I don't want to point into that. What I want to talk about is that this is coincidentally gaming, gaining steam at the same time as the WEF is warning us that we need to give up our privacy so they can have more control to prevent us from this exact type of thing. You might also know uh, last week we saw the FAA in the United States. The FAA shut down all flights at the same time. It was the largest uh, shutdown, the largest disturbance of flights in history. And supposedly they had a glitch in the system and the glitch forced them to shut it down. Now, uh, Pete Boondog, who's uh, in charge of, the, he's the transportation secretary. He says that uh, it could have been a cyber attack. Now, it could have been. We don't know. They haven't come out with that yet. But what's coincidental, and I wasn't aware of this until just the other day, is that just before, or no, I'm sorry, a week, two weeks later, after the FAA attack happened, the same thing happened in Canada. Their flight system was attacked. And as a matter of fact, it had also been done in the Philippines as well. And it's almost like these cyber attackers are attacking our core critical infrastructure, like transportation, like flights. Now, when that happens, it causes billions of dollars of loss. Hundreds of millions of people's lives are impacted. They don't get to the meetings on time to see their loved ones on time, etc. And that is the pain. It's the dot, turning the pain dial up. It's the stick that gets us to give up our freedom. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the way the world is transforming into a decentralized world. We're talking about that. Some of the biggest news headlines of the week. I have more to cover. We're going to get into what the economy, the markets are doing, what the stock markets are doing, what Bitcoin's doing. We're going to talk about what's happening with the war, uh, potential nuclear war. We're going to talk about some more disinformation and a whole lot more stuff you don't want to miss. We'll be back with all that more in a minute. So you won't go away. We're right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, and we're running through the biggest news headlines of this week to help you understand where things are going, where we're headed, and what is going on. Now, we were talking about um, before some of the risks that we've seen in the system. Now, let's talk about some, some more practical stuff that's in front of us. Of course, all eyes are on the Fed. They're on inflation. They're on potential recession. Now, typically, we refer to a recession as two quarters of negative economic growth. But of course, the Biden administration changed that definition for us. And so technically, I guess, well, I don't know about technically, but per Biden, we're not in a recession. But what is the real risks of the economy? Are we going into a recession? Are we going into a depression? And what does that mean for your job? What does that mean for your cost of living? What does that mean for your retirement accounts and your assets and things like that? Now, nobody has a crystal ball. And so we have opinions, we have guesses, um, and things like that. Um, there was a really big survey that was done and that was asking about, will the global stock markets crash in 2023? Now, at one point, I'm going to talk about some of the economic data and some of the um, market data. I do want you to keep in mind, though, that the economy does not equal the market. So in 2020, when we saw the, the economy shut down, businesses were shut down, people were put out of work. We saw the stock markets hit all asset prices at new all-time highs. So just remember the two are not connected. It's a key piece to keep in mind. But when we're looking at global stock markets, we can see that um, the survey results are all over the board. Now, one thing about surveys is that if it's done through a big enough sample size, they can be extremely accurate. As a matter of fact, there's been numerous tests where they've crowdsourced information. They've done them where like at a, at a county fair, they have like a, a steer, like a big bull, and they ask people to go uh, vote on, on how much that steer weighs, how many pounds it was. And they put all their votes in a, into, a, into a bucket, and then they tally them up and they average them out. Or they'll ask people how many jelly beans are in a jar, and they'll get all these people to vote how many jelly beans are in a jar. They'll tally them all up and they'll average them out. And what they found is that in these crowdsourced type of environments where they're trying to guess the, the weight of the, the bowl or how many jelly beans are in the jar, they get really, really, really close, like really close. I don't have the exact studies in front of me, but I'm talking about extremely close. Now, a couple of things about the test. Uh, two things have to be uh, present. One, you have to ask people who could potentially know. So for example, if we're going to ask people to vote on how big the bull, uh, how many pounds the bull weighs, we'd want to ask like farmers and ranchers, right? We wouldn't want to ask people from New York City, for example. Um, the second thing is that we'd want to make sure that uh, they didn't see each other's answers. Because what happens is if, if they see, oh, this guy said a thousand pounds, we'll all go 1200 pounds, right? And so they, you want to make sure they don't see each other's answers. But when those two conditions are met, they get extremely close. Now, with this survey, I don't know if those two, two factors were met. They're asking uh, experts, so I'm assuming they're experts. Uh, and because it was done online, I'm guessing they didn't see each other's answers. So I'm guessing those two things were met. So is this going to be accurate? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But basically, they are asked, um, what percentage do they think stock markets will crash in the upcoming year, 2023? 
And they did this through 36 countries. Um, they surveyed more than 24,000 adults. Um, each country shown had at least 500 individuals sampled um, with countries in the G7 and other major economies, including China, Brazil, South Korea, um, and, and uh, sampling at least 1,000 people. So, so, so pretty decent, pretty decent. Respondents were asked a question on whether, quote, major stock markets around the world would crash in the following year and were asked to respond either likely or unlikely. So what'd they say? You may not like these answers. You may not like these answers. Let's just start at the, uh, let's just go to the United States. We can see the global average. Let's just start with the global average. 50% thought a market crash um, was likely. 50% said it was likely. 31% said it was unlikely. In the United States, 47% said likely, 31% said unlikely. Um, where is it lower? Let's take a look. Israel, 35% said likely, 42%. More people said unlikely. So 40, more majority in Israel said it's not likely to happen. Uh, in Hungary, the majority said not likely to happen. In China, the majority said unlikely to happen. Um, everywhere else, they pretty much said it was more likely, more probabilistic to have a crash, a market crash, than it was unlikely to. The piece that I want to talk about here, though, is uh, for the most part, in the United States, it was 47% said likely. So we're kind of in this like 60-40 split. And the key piece that I want to hit on here is that there is no such thing as certainties in life. There's only probabilities. Nothing is 100% certain. Well, death. Death's 100% certain. And taxes, right? Well, that's the old saying, death and taxes. Um, but other than that, we don't know what's going to happen. Are the markets going to crash? Well, 47% think they will. 31% think they won't. Now, what do you think? You might go, that's insane. There's a 70% chance it crashes in my mind and a 20% chance it doesn't. Okay. You might think it has a 90% chance of crashing and a 10% chance it doesn't. The average... Is 47%. And the reason why it's important is what are you doing this year with your money? If you think that the markets are going to crash more, then it would be prudent not to have money in the markets. It'd be prudent to store more cash and keep that cash in something safe, like cash, CDs, treasuries, things like that. But if you think there's a 30% chance or a 50% chance it doesn't crash, then you might want to start to deploy some of that money right now. Now, there's there's still a 47% chance it does crash. So then you would keep some of that money on the sidelines to average in, in case that happens. And this way you're protected either way. So if the markets don't crash and things keep going up, at least you've taken some positions now and you have to average in as it goes higher. But if you're right and it goes down, you could average in lower and have a better entry. The key piece here is that nobody knows there is no probabilities. And I know you don't like that. You want me to give you uh, you want me to give you a certainty, but there's not. But I thought this was interesting. 47% in the United States thinks there will be another crash, but 31% think they don't. And so figure out what it is for you and act accordingly. But we can see that uh, there is bad economic data. Um, and so it, it leads us to think that there is. But the Biden administration wants to continue to gaslight you. As a matter of fact, they want to taunt you, basically saying, eh, 6%, 6.5%, it's a good thing. 
And, you know, I get it that you can't afford to put gas in your car. And I get it that you can't afford to buy organic eggs anymore. And now you got to buy sugar cereal instead. But that's a good thing. We've done a good job. It's a form of gaslighting. uh, Highlighting how climbing prices are a good thing. Because we need inflation, right? How else would the economy grow, they say? How else would the economy grow? Never mind that you're still inflate, that you're still struggling. The key piece here to understand is that while inflation has come down, meaning the rate of increase has slowed, you're still paying more money. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Ma Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, how the world is changing before our very eyes. And we're looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And I'm reading through some of the biggest breaking news of the week so you can stay on top of what is going on. When I come back, I want to talk about some more decentralization of the world, how supply chains are, are uh, being rerouted. I want to talk about what's happening with potential nuclear war that we're facing, uh, some threats that were made, and some other things about freedom of speech. A whole lot to cover when I come back. You don't want to miss this. Don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, and we are going through some of the biggest news headlines of the week. And there are some big ones. And one thing I've been talking about quite a bit that I think is just insane. I mean, there's so many things that are insane. Uh, But one of the things that I'm talking about that are insane is that um, having grown up um, at the tail end of the Cold War, the Cold War, uh, which was when the U.S. was uh, engaged in this uh, standoff war with Russia and communism and the USSR, basically, um, Having grown up at the tail end of that, I never would have imagined that we are back here and really for the first time in my life actually facing a real nuclear war. You know, the Cold War and the standoff kind of started and ended when everybody got nuclear weapons because of something called mutually assured destruction. If we can both kill each other, then we're not going to do that, right? Yeah. Just like a free market, a free market only works when one party, well, each party has to believe they're getting the better deal. And a war would only happen if one side thought they could win. 
But if both sides know that no matter what happens, we both die, then what's the point? And so then it, it created peace, peace. Uh, violence, the threat of violence created peace. But yet here we are now, and again, for the first time in my life, with a real threat of nuclear war. And this is not a joke. As a matter of fact, this week we saw a Putin ally warns NATO of nuclear war if Russia is defeated in Ukraine. An ally of President Vladimir Putin put out this message. He said, the quote, he said, quote, the defeat of a nuclear power in a conventional war may trigger a nuclear war, end quote. And this was by former Russian President Dmitry Medev, Med, Medvedev, who serves as deputy chairman of Putin's powerful security council. He said, quote, nuclear powers have never lost major conflicts on which their fate depends, end quote. He's for, he was the president from 2008, 2012. Let me, let me, let me say that again. Nuclear powers have never lost. So he's saying anybody who has nuclear powers, nuclear weapons, a nuclear power has never lost a major conflict in which their fate depends. Why would it? <laughs> if you're going to die, it's like, uh, what's the saying about uh, when, you know, the, uh, be afraid of the person who has nothing to lose or backing a wounded animal into a corner, right? Like when you back a wounded animal into a corner, when you have somebody that has nothing left to lose, they're very, very dangerous. And if you have a nuclear power who has, uh, who, who's losing, who's going to die, then what do they care? Mutually assured destruction works because neither side want to die, right? But if one side's already dying, then what do they care? Well, let's just kill the other side too. So it doesn't work like that. And that's exactly what he's saying here, uh, Dimitri. He's saying that nuclear powers have never lost major conflicts on which their fate depends. And so he's basically saying if the West's attempt to defeat Russia and Ukraine uh, were to work out. And if uh, Russia was losing and if Russia was dying, then uh, nuclear doctrine would say that that could actually trigger a nuclear war, which makes sense. If Putin is half as psychotic as Western media would have you believe, then why wouldn't he do that? Right. Why wouldn't he do that? Now, would NATO put him into that corner where he would be forced to do that, forced to die? Well, I don't know, but it sure seems like they're trying to, and we can just look at the facts. So, and let me, let me just, let me just be clear before we dig into these facts a little bit. I'm not for war. I don't want anyone to die. I wish everyone could just stay in their corner of the world. As a matter of fact, I wish most of these governments could just shut down and, and shut, shut down all their nuclear programs and not have this anymore, but this is where we're at. Um, and I would like to prevent more war from happening. I would like to prevent nuclear war from happening. I sure as heck would like that because I don't want to be caught up in that. And so if what he's saying is true, then we have to look at what's the possibility that we get to that point. Well, we know that um, many people from the United States have gone over to Ukraine, including Nancy Pelosi, including Adam Schiff. And they've gone over there and said, we are committed to be with you and uh, nothing short of victory will count, right? They've, they've made these outlandish statements. We guarantee victory. Like, uh, so, so they've, they've made all these statements, they've made all these claims that give them no way out. And we can see that through the amount of money, through the amount of weapons, through the amount of support that we continue to give Ukraine. We don't know exactly. The amount of money going to Ukraine is very murky. We know that there's been over $100 billion have been sent to Ukraine just from the U.S. the last two months. But we're not very clear on exactly 
uh, how much, nor are we anywhere clear on where that money actually went. But we know it's over $100 billion. Now, that's just from the U.S. Now, we have Germany and the rest of Europe and NATO sending them weapons. So we could say maybe it's $150 billion. How much has Russia spent so far? It's rumored about 60, about less than half. So they spent less than half the money. So they're facing, basically the world is coming at them, committing to spending and doing whatever it takes to annihilate them, to kill them. And so if they're facing sudden death, like Dimitri says, why would they lose? Why wouldn't they just fire off nuclear weapons? I don't think that's good. I don't think it's right. And I certainly don't want to happen. I would hope, and I would hope that you would feel the same way that these leaders would come and they would use calm, cool, collected heads and come to some sense. Can we find some middle ground? Can we find some peace? There's not any winners here. There's never going to be a winner here. It's like an argument. Nobody wins. An, nobody wins an argument. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> nobody wins an argument. You don't have them. And here we are, we're in a war. There's no winners here. People have died. Money's been lost. So now at this point, we have to stop thinking about winning and losing because there are no winners. We have to think about how is the best way we get out of this today without causing more death and destruction. Now, part of me as an American wants to say, why do we even care? As the president of the United States, he should be concerned about the safety of his own people, first and foremost. Why is he putting my life and my family's life and your family's life in jeopardy over whatever he's trying to achieve? We're trying to stop Putin from taking over a country that used to be part of Russia that has Russian citizens in a world far away in a country that we don't even know or care about that most people couldn't even put on a map. We're doing it to save democracy, a country, Ukraine, that's arguably one of the most corrupt countries in the world, a country where the president used to be a TV actor and jailed the democratically elected president that was there before him. We're trying to save that country. And again, look, I'm not trying to say there's good or bad here. There's no good out of this, but the good that we can do from here on out is to make sure that you and I don't die in nuclear war. I'm for that. Now, uh, but it doesn't look like that's the path that we're going down. We can see that the Pentagon just uh, they they have they're just given over another eight hundred billion dollars for the Pentagon in this one point seven trillion dollar omnibus bill, with a good chunk of that going to yes Ukraine. But of course, we don't know where that money goes. Not even the Pentagon knows. As a matter of fact, in November twenty twenty two, a few months ago, the Pentagon admitted that it can't account for two trillion dollars again, again. It's lost $2 trillion before, and it lost $2 trillion again. As a matter of fact, the Pentagon says that it, uh, it's failed its fifth audit in a row. It's fifth audit. They have no idea where the money goes. The Pentagon can't account for roughly $220 billion in equipment that it gave to contractors. So your $600 in your Venmo account that they're going to audit you over could potentially lead to terrorism. But they lost $220 billion in equipment, you know, weapons they gave to contractors, and they don't know where they are. This is what we're facing, and uh, it's atrocious. And at this point, we're facing nuclear war. You should be alarmed. I'm alarmed. Spread the information. Call right uh, your, your senators, your lawmakers, and do something about it. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, and this is showing how the world is breaking apart. 
This is really big news. Um, I got a lot more to cover when I come back. Some big things that are happening um, coming out of the WEF that you need to know about. I'll be back with that in more in a minute. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Mark Ma Show. We're still talking about some of the latest breaking news headlines of the week talking about how the world is changing from a world of centralization to decentralization. And of course, we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. That technology is Bitcoin. It's decentralized technology that's changing the world. And a lot has been happening in the Bitcoin ecosystem, the Bitcoin space this week. Specifically, it's back from the dead. Uh, every time the Bitcoin price tumbles, uh, another obituary is written and Bitcoin has died again. I don't know. There's a, there's sites that track how many times it's died. I think it's died like 400 times at this point, but every time it dies and then resurrects, every time it comes back from the dead, it only signals that much stronger that it's resilient, that it's not going to die. That's come back. As a matter of fact, many, uh, many of the, some of the biggest uh, and most wealthy investors in the world have actually said that's why they decided to buy Bitcoin. When I saw it crash all the way down to this price and come back, I knew it was legit. A lot of times people want to compare Bitcoin to the tulip bulb mania, right? Uh, the tulip mania uh, in Holland where everybody bought these tulips so feverishly that the price went up so high, um, which was ridiculous. It was a flower and then it, you know, spectacularly crashed. It never came back. Tulip bubble prices never came back. It went up and it went down. That's like a pump and dump. You can look at 22,000 cryptocurrencies and they've all gone up and they've gone down and they've never come back. Bitcoin comes back over and over and over again. And so that really builds into it. Now, let me go back. Uh, I said something about crypto that you might not believe. I said that crypto has its pump, like the, like the tulip bubble, and then it crashes and it never comes back. And you're probably saying, Mark, that's wrong. And now I question everything that you say, Mark. And that's good. You should question everything I say. But let me clarify what I mean by that. Um, if you look at any other, if you look at all the cryptocurrencies and you price them in Bitcoin, not in dollars. 
If you look at any crypto priced in Bitcoin, so just go to your favorite trading app like TradingView and put in the pair, you know, uh, ETH slash BTC. So instead of measuring in dollars, you measure it in Bitcoin or Cardano measured in Bitcoin or um, whatever. Uh, Cardano, Ethereum, Cosmos, the Polkadot, you name it. None of them have ever made a second all-time high. A second. So if you're priced in Bitcoin, they've all made one pump and they've all come back down like a tulip bulb. But Bitcoin keeps coming back. And so Bitcoin's been uh, very stable. As a matter of fact, it's become the most stable it's ever been at any point in its career uh, for the last uh, dozen or so years where it's been sitting in this like kind of $16,000 price range for a long time, which down from its $69,000 high in November of 2021 is quite a tumble. And so while it's been sitting there, a lot of people think it's dead. And this week it roared back to over 21,000. It's sitting in this kind of $21,000 price point today. And that's good for a lot of reasons. It's up about 30%. Bitcoin um, derivatives like Coinbase stock, for example, are up over 85%. Bitcoin miners like Mara are up over 150%. And so we're seeing life come back into the ecosystem. Now, a lot of people are wondering why this is happening. Is this a sustained rally? Is this going to be another... Uh, bull trap, they call it, meaning suck all the bulls in and trap them and then crush them out? Or is this legit? And so I think we want to look at that from a couple ways. I think what's happening, in my opinion, is that Bitcoin, Bitcoin is what we would call like the canary in the coal mine. And so I'm not a coal miner. If I'm from like North Carolina, I think where they get the coal out of the ground, you probably know better than me. But uh, going in there, there's lots of gases and things that would kill people. And I, I believe the the story goes that they would carry like a, a they would carry a canary in there with them because the bird was much more susceptible to those gases and it would die. And if you saw the bird die, you're like, oh shoot, I better get out of here. Nowadays, I'm sure they have like electronic equipment that measures it. But that's how it was. And so Bitcoin is sort of like that, where Bitcoin is this very volatile asset that moves very quickly. And so we saw in November of 2021 when Bitcoin hit its all time high, as did. The Nasdaq, all the tech stocks, the Fang stocks, as did everything. Um, we saw that the Fed came out and said they were going to start raising rates next year. But Bitcoin started selling off immediately, started moving first. Then Nasdaq and the tech starts tech stocks started coming down a couple weeks later, and then the S and P five hundred started coming down a couple months later. Now Bitcoin is going up first. The tech stocks and the Nasdaq are starting to move a little bit after. And to me, it looks like Bitcoin is sniffing out another move. Now, what other move could that be? Well, it looks like what it's sniffing out is that the Fed is getting towards the end of their tightening cycle. We know this for a number of reasons, uh, but that's what it looks like is happening. I think that potentially the worst for Bitcoin could be over. Now, in one of the previous segments, I talked about the sentiment and the surveys that were done. 47% of people in the United States think the markets will still fall further. So about half. But that means... About half think it won't. Now, I know you don't like that 50-50, but that's about where the sentiment's at. Nobody has a crystal ball. I think it looks like Bitcoin is sniffing this move out. The feds have paused. Now, is this good for the economy? Does this mean that um, the economy is going to be strong? No, the economy is horrible. The economy is going to get worse. But the markets, the asset prices could be doing better. However, there are some big bombs that could go off inside the market. 
um, especially inside the cryptocurrency market. We can see one of the big bombs that everybody's been focusing on is what's going on over at Genesis. Genesis is the giant in the room. Genesis is one of the biggest companies in the crypto ecosystem. It's kind of behind the scenes, They're not really a forward facing customer company. And they were really supplying a lot of liquidity for a lot of these companies that were doing these um, yield products. So like with Gemini, for example, you could park your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrency with Gemini and they would offer you yield. They would give you a return. They would borrow that and pay you back whatever 6 8% they were paying you. They weren't actually doing it. It was actually going to Genesis. Genesis was the company behind that. And Genesis... Well, if you're with Gemini, you know very well who Genesis is because your money has been locked up. You've been unable to get your money out of Gemini because of what's happened there. And it looks like now Genesis is potentially filing for bankruptcy. There's accusations of fraud coming out. Um, and this is a pretty big deal. Part of the reason why it's a big deal is that Genesis is a sister company to Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, both owned underneath the parent company, which is DCG Digital Currency Group. A lot of people are speculating that if uh, Genesis goes down, it could potentially put Grayscale Bitcoin Trust in danger. And if that goes down, then potentially hundreds of thousands of Bitcoins could be released and dumped in the market, which would be very bearish for Bitcoin's price. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the fears of um, contagion happening from Genesis going bankrupt are overblown. I think that for a couple of reasons. We saw the price of Bitcoin really get crushed when we saw Terra Luna go down and then Celsius go down, Three Arrows Capital go down and boom, 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 the domino effect. By the time it got to FTX, it didn't matter anymore. FTX was the largest bomb to go off. It was the second largest cryptocurrency exchange, but yet it didn't affect Bitcoin's price. Part of the reason why it didn't affect Bitcoin's price is they didn't have a lot of Bitcoin. Now, on their books, they said they had $1.4 billion of Bitcoin. In reality, they had less than $20,000 of Bitcoin. So there's no Bitcoin to dump into the market. And I think this is probably another one of those events um, where we could potentially see Genesis is going to file bankruptcy. They're doing that. It could potentially have some contagion and potentially put DCG Group into instability. It could potentially um, cause lawsuits to be filed against Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and even potentially cause a breakup of that trust. I think those are long shots. I don't think that's probable at all, but it could happen. But even if all that happened, I still don't think it's bearish for Bitcoin's price. And so even though I see those bombs in the ecosystem, I don't think that it could cause the price of Bitcoin to come down even more. Now, on some good news for you, if you're if you were involved in this whole FTX situation, it looks like regulators have found over five billion dollars in liquid assets. Just found them. I think maybe they're looking in the seat in the couch cushions or something like that. Uh, somehow they just happened to find $5 billion they didn't know about. Good news if you're owed money from FTX, still it wouldn't be holding your breath. Still probably not a lot of money to go around. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about some of the latest breaking news in the into the system this week, talking about the way the world is changing into a decentralized world. Hopefully that makes sense. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back each and every week at the same time on the same channel. So put a calendar reminder. Make sure to follow me on social media at one Mark Moss. That's at one Mark Moss. And if you missed any of this, you can catch it on YouTube at Market Disruptors. And that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. 